Hey, what's going on, guys? My guest today is not only just an all-around incredible man, but someone whose work ethic and pride in their life and their family is something to truly be admired. He's also the owner and operator of Flores Interiors, a local upholstery shop. Please give it up for my dad, Everett Flores. Welcome to the podcast, Dad. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Thanks for being on. Great to be on. Great to be recognized. <laughs> <laughs> a little appreciation goes a long yeah, way. Absolutely. We all strive for that. Damn much. straight. So, yeah. You know, I was thinking today, uh, this is the first day in a month that I've actually worn jeans. Wow. I've been wearing shorts for the past month because wow, of wow. quarantine. Oh, wow. Yeah. What do you suppose that stems from? Because I've been running around with shorts and whatever I'm comfortable with <laughs> is, is what I gravitate to. So, Well, I think, I mean, you almost have to wear jeans for work, right? To be a little more professional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So The only professionality I need is not having pillow marks on my face when I get out. So, and even that's optional. So yeah, it leaves me a lot of free room, you know? If I wake <laughs> up at 2, shit, I almost don't even have to wear pants if nobody's home. I can just walk out, get some food, go back to my room. Well, we do appreciate you wearing pants. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's important. Yeah. It's been fun. It's been a lot of downtime, though, I noticed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I bet with this whole corona thing. It's so. crazy. Yeah. Because I just sit at home. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And now I work on this, but. Yeah. Well, this has kind of been a nice distraction for you anyway. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's and fun and... kind of trying to figure out, you know, what works, what doesn't work, what's best. Yeah. Kind of how to do it all. Put yeah. it all together, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's the exciting part about it, I think, for you, is just being able to tweak it as you go. and Yeah. You know, so you've got that uh, you've got that uh, fun aspect of it, I think, to, to learn as you go. Yeah, it's like a learning process. Yeah. Like anything else, you know, yeah. you're not going to be good at it the first time you do right, it. Right, But you practice, you put in work, and it... Pays off. Yeah, it gets better. Constantly learning. Yeah. 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 So that's good. Yeah. I've been having fun with it. Yeah. Especially when Sarah was on, it, it kind of opened my eyes. I was like, oh man, this is going to be, this is going to be a fun project. Yeah. I, I caught, uh, I caught that podcast. I thought it was fantastic. Thank you. It's, it's cool to see you guys and how you interact. And, um, it, I think you guys are awesome. I think you're both are awesome, you know, and when you're grow when you kids are growing up, you know, and you'll learn this as you have your own kids, um, that you know that's kind of the relationship that you hope that your children end up evolving into you know but you do recognize having traveled through that journey yourself that it is a, a bit of a struggle and uh and we're all different people you know and so um the two of you've been able to um to recognize that now as as young adults and uh and I think uh, I think from 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 the outside looking in, it looks like one fantastic relationship that I hope carries you through a lifetime because uh, that's that's really what's important. It's those relationships with family and friends and things that really carry us through, you know, not only the great times but the the difficult times when we have to lean on one another. So yeah, yeah well, it's, it's definitely a process. I mean, even yeah. growing up, Sarah and I were shoot at each other's throats. Oh yeah. Hitting each other, messing around, playing jokes. I thought I was adopted because of Sarah <laughs> for what? 2 years out of my life. So it definitely it's definitely grown. And I think her going off to college was probably the best thing 
they could have happened because her not being around all the time opened my eyes and i was like whoa like i miss her a lot like even just joking around with her playing pranks on her like i missed our interactions with each other yeah and you growing up with six siblings i mean yeah the the dynamics are just are just incredible when you look back but and that's why i appreciate all the practical jokes that go on between the two of you and you can just imagine with six other siblings the the stuff that would go on and um some of it you know when you look back you go wow that that kind of stung and and uh like what you know just practical jokes you know setting somebody up or scaring them or or uh you know just uh just doing things to irritate them you know um when you look back you go oh geez well i'm kind of sorry about that i i one that comes to mind that that uh kind of got my got my uh your aunt carol Mm -hmm. who's uh couple years older than me and i was pretty young i was probably still in grammar school but anyway we had rabbits at the time and so we um we'd have to clean you know my brother and i are our uh our job was to clean the rabbit poop essentially right and so there were so many rabbits and a limited amount of space that we were constantly digging holes in the yard and then you know four months later you're digging up the same hole to stuff more uh rabbit poop yeah so this one time, uh, Carol, it, it ticked me off about something. Oh, she was supposed to help me is what it was. She was supposed to help me clean up, but she was dating some guy or they weren't like officially dating or whatever. So uh, I'm back there sweating like, like you know, the nobody's dickens, business. Right? Try, yeah, like trying to clean this up. And I think, you know, my brother's and was working or something. And uh, so I'm, you know, I'm doing the haul here ticked off because my sister's not helping out right and uh she's sitting (laughs) she's sitting on the front porch you know with this pseudo boyfriend or whatever you can call them you know because they're both pretty young at that point too but and uh, for whatever reason i had a i had a wheelbarrow full of crap and i just parked it right in front of them (laughs) (laughs) as i was cleaning up the the poop i just parked this fresh pile of kind of a romance killer right there (laughs) (laughs) rabbit poop right in front of them for the for the proper ambiance just walked off walked off so good it's just things like that you know that um you look back on and (laughs) you know i'm sure i paid for it many times oh yeah and uh but that's you know that's that's all part of it that's part of growing up and and uh and learning that and appreciating one another you know yeah i can only imagine because god sarah and i were doing stuff like that all the time and where there's seven of you guys like yeah kept you had to be on your toes yeah i'm sure lito and lita appreciated that yeah yeah exactly and that's why i think you know like when i'm asked when mom asked you know your mom of course asks us what we want for dinner i'm 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 always stumped because quite frankly i've never had that option you know it Mm -hmm. was always you ate what was in front of you you know so when you're feeding you know seven kids you know you're not there's going to be a short order to cook so yeah so mom had to um you know she'd fix a meal and and uh i'll tell you what if you're hungry enough you'll eat just about anything yeah (laughs) yeah i remember you telling us that like on the occasions when you guys would go out to get food, mm-hmm. um, it was never like, oh, what does everybody want? It's like, oh, we'll have seven cheeseburgers, seven Cokes, and seven orders of fries. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. what you got. Yeah, on a very rare occasion, we'd go to the, uh, there was an A&W at the time, still here in town, and we would all pile up into the international travel hall. You can just, three rows of seats, and we're jammed in there, you know, and 
and we'd cruise over to A&W, and uh, yeah, we couldn't go through the order form. We'd just... You'd be there all day. Dad would roll down the window and just say, hey, bring us nine hamburgers yeah. <laughs> and nine root beers, and, and that was the extent of it, but... It was always kind of funny to, to be sitting there while we're waiting for our food and people next to us would you could see them counting counting us all in the, in the car and how many were in there. So yeah, never a dull moment. Yeah, I bet. And uh yeah. So but you know, as I've grown older I've learned to appreciate um alone time, you know. I think that that, I bet. that takes that takes a little bit to get used to, but once you uh once you appreciate that and can actually Take a moment, sit down, and meditate if that's the thing you do, or just just have a few minutes to sit down during the day and and, and just be alone is, I think is uh, important. It's a jewel. It really yeah, is. Yeah, you probably didn't get a lot of that growing you up. You don't. Huh? You don't because there's always something going on. You're sharing bedrooms, sharing clothes, you know, sharing arguments, <laughs> getting drug into many arguments, yeah. you know, and and trying to keep the peace sometimes and and. Uh, so yeah, it's always it, it's a, it's it was a great experience. You know, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Yeah, and and more importantly, uh, it's difficult to compare it to anything else because you didn't experience it. You know, I wouldn't know what it was like to be a, a single child. You know, I mean, I dreamt about it, <laughs> <laughs> but um, never experienced it. So yeah. Um, but I think of you know knowing people that are single children or come from small families. Uh, I in the stories you hear, I'm you know. I'm happy that, you know, that it came from a large family. Yeah, it seems yeah. like it's rare that being a single child works out in the kids' favor. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's, uh, I, you know, there's studies on everything anymore. But, um, yeah, I, I think uh, I think growing up in a, in a large group, um, you know, you learn, if not learn, you're forced to, to, to compromise, to... Um, Compromise, I think, is the huge one, you know, because nobody ever gets their way 100% of the time, you know. Yeah. I think, uh, I think that's helped me through through life because um, in negotiating business transactions or whatever, I'm I'm always uh, I'm always negotiating, you know, and so um, and it's and it's becomes an art form, you know. And it, it comes easy because that's what you've done your whole life. You're always compromising, and uh, and you always want everybody. Ideally, you know, in those situations, you want everybody to be uh, to come out a winner, you know. And it is possible, you know, to have a win-win situation. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd imagine that being valuable in business, especially. Yeah, just the ability to talk to people, compromise, and just hear their point of view. You yeah. know what I mean, to some extent. Yeah. And I don't think, yeah, I can't imagine that um, single children really get that, you know, because it's kind of just you. Right. And kind of what you were saying about being left with your thoughts, it's interesting to hear you say that because growing up, like, I always felt like I had a balance of that because I could always interact with you guys, but there was always so much space that, you know, if I needed my time alone, I could always go back to my room or go, you know, go to the gym and just be with my thoughts and have that kind of balance. Because yeah. it was only me and Sarah right. growing up, you know what I mean? Right. And I felt like that was pretty valuable. Because if you're if you're bombarded with constant information and constant people all around you, it can kind of get a little a little much sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I I think so, and I I think um, you know, for me, it's kind of come full circle because you know, growing up, you're you know, you're in that environment where there's a lot going on, you know, between 
you know, the immediate family and then mom ran a daycare in addition to that as if there wasn't enough kids anyway. Yeah. And, uh, and we had paper routes and jobs. And so that was, uh, it was complete total chaos, I'm sure from the outside, you know, but it was an organized chaos, I imagine for the parents. But then, so you learn that appreciation, uh, when you, you know, when you actually become an adult and have that space and can collect your thoughts yeah, and maybe, reflect, re- maybe on reflect on the, uh, you know, on the previous, you know, 16, 17, 18 years of your life, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, so, so, but I've noticed now though, for me, um, and the whole social media thing, cause I don't, I don't, I don't do a lot of social media. As a matter of fact, you I don't do, do any, I don't do any social yeah. media. But even with, you know, the Internet and having to be on the computer for work and how everybody uh, communicates anymore, it's uh, I I find it, you know, exhausting, you know, to get on the to get on the computer to try to go through and read emails. Now you're you you feel as if or at least I do feel as if that you are just constantly bombarded with advertisements or people wanting your time or your help or or whatever the case may be, and, and it's uh, it's exhausting. So for me, I found just coming home and leaving the phone in the corner of the room and forgetting about it and uh, and not getting on the computer at all in the evenings is actually really relaxing. And it's, yeah. got, it's gotten to the point where I, I don't really enjoy getting on the computer and having to go through emails, you know, it seems like. I'm sure you do the same. We all do anymore. You're... You spend more time hitting delete, 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 delete than oh, anything yeah. else, you know. I side note, I think it was a couple of days ago, I went through and tried to clean out my emails. I had twenty five thousand <laughs> emails yeah. I went through yeah. and I guarantee twenty four thousand nine hundred were all just ads from businesses yeah. and stuff. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? It's just spam yeah. that you don't even need. Yeah. Do you ever get the itch to be on social media just to like check it out and see what everybody's talking about? Or do you think that that's like opening Pandora's box? You know, um, I, you know, I, I, for me, I, I don't really see the attraction um, because you know what you hear, I, I get enough of it through mom, you know, cause she's on the, you know, she does the social media thing and kind of feeds me information or shows me stuff. But, you know, and I think you know this more than I do, of course, is that a lot of that is just, it's just smoke and mirrors, you know, because people always are going to show you their best side and they're always going to pretend to be something they're not and and all of that. And I think, you know, the friends that people collect on the internet just seem silly to me. They're not really your friends. <laughs> 90% of they, them. They seem silly to me, you yeah. know. And, and there's been studies about friends and how many you can... Um, that's my phone, I guess. Rookie mistake. Sorry about that. <laughs> it's fine. So, um, it's background music. Yeah, I like it. So, uh, I don't know honest. where I was going with that. Oh, um, you know what? There, I read in a book here recently um, about about just that, and that uh, humans are only capable of establishing, I think, a maximum of seven really close friends. Yeah, I think I've heard that. Um, because the reality is you don't have, you know, unless you just devote your entire day to your friends, you know, and don't have don't have a job and don't do anything else, you know, because it does require some time, you know. It's exhausting. You have to put yeah, in the work it, to maintain those relationships. Exactly, exactly. And so for me, uh, that that one-on-one or those group uh, actually being in front of somebody and talking because, 
you know, we, we say so much through our eyes and through our mannerisms and, and, you know, the way we shift in the chair and things when you're, when you're having a conversation with somebody that, that, uh, you know, a big part of the conversation isn't spoken. It's, it's in how we react to, you know, to that conversation, you know? So, and I think, I think as humans, we need, we need all of that to yeah. really connect. So I, I don't see that happening uh, on social media. Mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, I'm not a big, uh, I'm not knowledgeable in, in social media at all. Yeah, that's kind of one of the big arguments against social media is you're not getting those, you know, visual cues. Right. And you can't really hear somebody's voice. You're not getting those inflections of like, oh, this person's mad or, oh, they're sad. Like, you can't get that when it's, you know, 280 characters on a computer screen. Exactly. Like, how do you tell? Exactly. And I, and I know for me, you know, part of, you know, initially getting on the computer and doing emails and everything and, and learning what is, you know, correct and incorrect, you know, I, I've learned that um, you can really misinterpret, you know. Oh, yeah. Or be misinterpreted, you know, on what you're trying to come across as, you know. And so that I think that's that's kind of a dangerous road, you know, because then, you, then you're thinking, oh, this guy was all pissed off at me because, you know. The, it was all capitals. And that's something I experienced, you know, initially, you know, years ago when I first got on the computer, I'm, I may have just had the, you know, the, the capital locked in or whatever. And so I responded with yeah. all, all capital letters. And I, I want to say somebody, when I ended up, you know, months later talking to somebody and that conversation was brought up and they said, oh, we thought you were pissed off because you know they were all capital letters and i go uh, no and they said well all capital letters means you're yelling <laughs> yeah you have to like keep up on all the so, lingo and yeah, stuff for so, him. yeah 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 and so uh, just the other day your sister told me that you know when you're responding to a text you shouldn't just respond with one word like k because that's people ins- get mad at that because apparently people get ticked yeah. off at me so uh that's just a whole other you know uh form of communication that quite frankly you know maybe i don't quite have developed you know i haven't developed the skills for Mm -hmm. yet and it seems you know it seems odd but um yeah that's is it kind of crazy because i mean when you were growing up it was all 90 percent of it was all in person you know Yeah. yeah you had the paper yeah you had television but that's basically in person to some extent like you can get those cues and now a lot of it's digital yeah, yeah, and and I think um you know with every you know with that whole communication thing and how much information's out there and how much privacy is uh you know I'm still old school where privacy was kind of a thing, you know, and now there quite frankly there's no privacy, you know, and everybody puts everything out there and it just seems well it doesn't leave anything to the imagination. It doesn't uh, I mean quite frankly, I guess if a person was on social media constantly and they were a pseudo friend of yours or maybe a little bit more than a Facebook friend or whatever, and, and you guys are following each other and you're posting everything and he's posting everything, and then all of a sudden you guys run into each other at the store. Uh, what do you do? Just like that, the conversation stops because I know what you were doing yesterday, and oh, by the way, you know, you, you know, th- there weird, it is. It doesn't, give, right? it doesn't give you anything to share. And then when you do share, is it, is it real? Is it not real? Is it, you know, are people being genuine or, or it just seems, it just seems odd, an odd form of communication. It seems like we're building these fake relationships. Yeah. Like it's all surface level, right? But people want more. Like back in the day, your movie stars, your famous people, 
you only consumed their content, right? So right. you only consumed what they wanted you to, their songs, their movies. But now, I mean, if you want to stay relevant, you've got to post daily. Like you have to take little highlights of every day of your life and put them out there and people just consume it and they keep wanting more. Right. right? Where do you, where's the pushback? Where do you stop that? You know what <laughs> right, I mean? Right, right, right. I've heard people say that they think that this is all going to get to a point where everyone's just going to be, you know, basically streaming their lives for people to watch. Right, right. Which one is, I mean, that's... What is, yeah, what is that about? Right? And it puts a lot of pressure on, I mean, if there's a camera in your home and you're constantly being videotaped, it does, it puts another element of, of pressure in your life, right? That you don't, you know, you... Obviously, you can't do something wrong because then it's going to It's all creating be that air of perfection. Right, to right. To some extent. And then all of a sudden, you know, whatever, whatever forum you're on, all of a sudden you have the vast group of people out there that now are all of a sudden critiquing you. Yeah. And and, and it's so it's so critical not to not to listen to those voices because, I mean, the reality is it's what you think of yourself that really matters. But people are, are, are so... It, so in tune with what everybody else is saying about them that uh, that I think that loses something, you know, that loses the value of what's really important. You know, it's a person has to develop in the sense that, you know, what's important is who you are and who you believe you are and that, you know, that interpersonal journey that that we all are on or should be on. And uh, and you want to grow from those experiences, because if you're always going through life uh, and living your life based on what other people think of you or what they're going to say about you, you're going to have a long, difficult, hard life. You know, and the, the real the real journey is that internal journey to discover who you are and to accept yourself for who you are and to be, you know, to look at yourself in, your, in the mirror, really, and to be really happy with who you are. And you get to a point in your life where, you know, you don't give a crap what somebody says. That's their opinion. And they bring in a lot of garbage with that opinion. And you can't, it's impossible to live your life based on what everybody else is saying. And I think people try to do that. I mean, that's just, that, to me, that seems exhausting. Well, I think the trend is definitely in that direction more and more, right? I mean, I think that's one of the aspects of like cancel culture and why it works. Because like, there are instances where comedians put out jokes because they're comedians, you know what I mean? Right. And they're throwing out jokes and some of them are a little risky, but that's kind of their job is to push the boundary a little bit. And then all of a sudden everyone turns against them and boom, they're just gone. Right. 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 I that think that's positive feedback reinforcement. Yeah. I, I think it, it, it can completely end somebody's career, you know, by what you do or what you did, obviously, sometimes decades prior. Yeah. It's that, all out there now. That comes back to bite you. And that's another thing I, I, I read years ago was a, when this whole social media was coming up and everybody was posting everything and everybody's information's out there. They were talking about the possibility that the younger generation is going to have to change their name two or three times because you're never going to be able to get a job or all this stuff's going to follow you wherever you go and you're going to be constantly judged by that. And what you do, you know, obviously what you do when you're a young adult is different than when you're, you know, another adult because you, you learn things and you learn what you don't want to do and what you don't want to represent yourself. But if you if you take an adolescent doing things that, you know, their brain hasn't fully developed and then all of a sudden that's going to follow them their whole life because now all of a sudden you can pop up a video when they were doing something absolutely ridiculous, you know, that they wouldn't do today 
but yet it's them, and then they're judged by all of that. So I think it makes it really challenging for for your generation, you know, and and younger generations to um, to have to battle with. And I don't know if eventually people are going to start to recognize those difficulties that you know that the that social media brings, and then maybe it'll come full circle and go the other direction where people are going to stop. You know, I'm hearing people are dropping or falling out of Facebook now and not doing the Facebook thing, but I know other things are popping up. But Mm -hmm. quite frankly, I would think that the trend is going to be the other direction where people are going to realize, you know what, I want to I want to get back a little bit more of my privacy. And uh, no, I don't need to know what everybody's doing and what color the vegetables are eating that night or, you know, you know what I mean? I hope so. I mean, why is that important? Why do people care? <laughs> That's what always gets me. Like, why, why do people care? Yeah. Why do people care? And why are people so interested? You know, I understand the whole movie star thing, you know, and people want to get find out more information. But I'm thinking, you know what? You, you take it for what it is. You know, they're, they're a movie star. They're on screen or whatever the case may be. And that that's what you get from that. And I don't see the attraction of diving deeper and finding out who they're having a relationship with or yeah. how many kids they have and what their kids' names are. I mean, like how does that affect you? How does that even affect you? And, and why do you put that kind of energy into it? There's so much more out there to put, you know, positive energy into yeah. that, that finding out somebody's background or taking the time to try to bash them, you know, on social media just seems, just seems pointless to me. I think that's what worries me the most is the aspect that, in today's society, it's like we're not allowing people to grow. Because even the person who you are yesterday, you're going to make mistakes that you wouldn't make tomorrow. Right. And the only way you really know that is by making the mistake, right? You're right. And now every mistake, every act is documented. And we're not letting people grow. We're taking, pe- like you said, things people did 10 years ago and being like, you did this. It doesn't matter that it was 10 years ago. You did this. So right. now you got to pay the piper for that. Right. Which is crazy. I mean... That was one of my big fears about doing this podcast. And I think what held me back for so long is I was worried. I don't really like putting stuff out there because I've always been a little cognizant of that to some extent, you know? Right. And I know that I'm going to, there's going to come a point in time when I say some stupid shit on this podcast and <laughs> people are going to get pissed. Right. But obviously you can't live in fear of that, but it's something you got to be aware of, you know? Right. That's, that's where we are today. Sure. Sure. If it's something you really enjoy and it's something that you feel good about, um, yeah, there's going to be people that are going to uh, give you ne- negative feedback and, and that kind of thing. But you know what? Can't listen to it. Yeah, just let it roll off your you know your back like you know water off a duck. Yeah. Right? So yeah, so it's been it's been a, a different world we're living in today. Definitely for sure. Yeah. 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 That human connection, and that's one of the reasons why I love you know that we've been able to travel. And I know that was a big part of your life growing up. Like you guys would go to Mexico, you'd go all over. Right, right. And and I think that's important. I think I think children today and every generation should have that opportunity to to travel the world, really, to some extent. Yeah. And uh, um and be able to see that what they've got, so they can appreciate you know the this country. It's a you know it's a wonderful country, obviously, and it's it's a very rich country. But uh, but I don't think you I don't think a lot of people understand the comparisons between you know what poverty really is like, and uh, and the struggles that some people have. Just you know we worry about the color of car we're gonna buy or <laughs> yeah 
you know, or the new shirt we're going to buy where uh, there are, you know, millions of people that are worried about what they're going to eat, you yeah. know, and, and those very basic needs. And I think when, when you're exposed to that and you see that, it gives you a greater appreciation of, of living here in the United States, but also keeps things a little bit in perspective that, yeah. you know, I mean, the materialistic aspect of things really isn't, isn't that important, mm-hmm. you know, having the, the designer tennis shoes, is it that important? The Gucci belt. <laughs> <laughs> the Gucci belt or, or whatever the case may be, you know, it's, is it, is it really that important in the, in the greater scheme of things? Yeah. It's interesting that we attach so much value to a brand. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Isn't that kind of crazy? I think it is. And I think, I don't know what that is, and I'm sure there's studies on it, but I think it's that that uh, that uh, drive that people want to be noticed, you know, and the importance that, that that's, that's their uh, driving force is they want to be noticed. And it's almost like a click, right? Mm-hmm. Like everyone wants to be a part of a group. And if yeah. you've got that, you know, if you've got an iPhone, then you're in the iPhone group. Right. And you're with those people, if you've got you know, some Jordans on, then, oh man, you ball, you're with those people, like you've got that click. Right. It's almost like you want to try to find your spot, your place to belong. But if you've got some freaking jeans from a thrift store, you get ridiculed. Yeah, maybe that's the social pressures, you know, that you get or that, you know, um, that you feel you got to do that. Which is crazy. As long as you have pants on, I think we should be (laughs) fine, right? Hey, as I'm long happy. as you're not streaking in the street, I mean, who cares what you're wearing? Yeah, exactly. But there's so much value in it. There's so much value in it, and we're, and more importantly, you know, I I think as as you know, advertising and marketing and all of that, uh, that's the that's what you want to create. You want to create that. Hey, man, if you don't have this latest pair of Jordans here, baby, you're you're sucking eggs. You know, you yeah. have no business being on the court, right? It's impressive so, that yeah, they do that. They do a phenomenal job of of marketing and 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 we're constantly being bombarded by that so yeah probably the best thing that we can do all of us as individuals is maybe just unplug a little bit more you know i think traveling helps that you know because you get out and you see that the world is not social media the world is not the united states you know there's actual people out there who are genuine and have stories and have lived lives and interesting takes on things and you get all that that you wouldn't get on social media you don't get if you just stay in the u.s and i feel like it's like that for every country you know you got to get out if you have the opportunity to just dip your foot in that pond for a second and be like whoa like i would have never thought about it like that or i would have never been immersed in this culture and i would have never seen these people experience this way of life you know i think that's one of the biggest reasons why i want to live in mexico for a few months right because i just want to like Obviously, we come from that culture, like that's our heritage, and I always felt a little disconnected from that. Right. Except for when we traveled down there, then I feel like okay, like I yeah. get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I want to experience that. Yeah. I think yeah. to some extent. Absolutely. I think that's important. And you did that. You traveled for a few months, didn't you? When yeah. You got out of high school. When I got out of high school, I, I traveled all over down there for uh, with an uncle, um, probably I don't know five six months. We traveled around just with a little, you know, one change of clothes and a. That is so cool. And just kind of cruised around. It yeah. was it was quite an experience. I I saw so many different sides uh, to that country down there, and and such diversity mm-hmm. uh, that I never really. Uh, I mean, there were towns we'd go into where most of the people spoke French, and and uh, 
there are these little pockets of communities in these remote areas that um, it, it, it's just unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think you find that in in, in countries all over the world. Oh know? yeah, you know, if you stay, you know, if you can get away from the touristy spots, you know, because there's nothing worse I think than to travel to a country and then. You know, if you're from the United States and then you, you land in this country and all you're surrounded with are, you know, people from yeah, the United States. Yeah. And uh, the only difference that, that you brought along is, is you know, you're at a beach and the sun's out. Yeah. But in all reality. You look around and everyone's just <laughs> like you and it's like, what yeah. is happening ha- here? Having the same conversations mm-hmm. and then and then same the one, problems that, the one that always gets me is to travel to a different country and then listen to uh music from the united states it's right. like wait a minute wait a minute what is going on here i could have stayed at home for this yeah you know? let's you know let's 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 experience some of the culture yeah and uh you know i think a lot of countries because you know those tourist dollars are so important really cater cater to the country that's you know visiting them the most mm-hmm. and and try to provide that atmosphere that people are comfortable with yeah know? it's like they want to make you feel at home but the whole point of traveling is to not be at home exactly yeah exactly i think they i think that's uh that's missed a lot i think what's really cool about the u.s and i i'm sure other countries are like this too is you can travel i mean the west coast is so different than the east coast like it's i think that's one of the things that we forgot we forget about a little bit yeah. is how diverse our country is too to some extent like even just getting out of your state you're like Holy crap! I'm on a different planet, you know, a little bit. Absolutely. I think it. I think that's a really cool aspect too. Yeah. I'm really yeah. fortunate that I was, or glad that I was able to go back east because that's a whole different ball game out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Different mentality. Different. Uh, you know, scenery. A lot of history back there. You know, yeah. it makes makes California look awfully young when you you know when you visit uh, you know the East Coast. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Look, what a great experience for you. You know. Yeah, I think it's and, really cool. Um, yeah, experience a lot of that and, and see the and, architecture and yeah, and just the people that have grown up up there. You yeah, know, the, the friendships that you develop out there and um, the way they uh, see see things a little bit differently than we do here. So yeah, it's just like a different group of people out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially from California, I feel like everyone here is way more laid back, and I know everybody says that, and I never really like got it until yeah. I went out there, and those people are like moving 24 7 it's like if you're not doing something like get out of the way because i'm i'm gonna go through you like i got shit to do today you know what i mean and you're just like walking around through the park and they're just like i gotta go and it's like oh okay like my bad yeah it's a it's crazy to see that different mentality of like you just gotta keep moving yeah yeah Yeah. and especially with the snow and it's just like people slide down a hill in their car hit the bottom just keep driving i didn't almost (laughs) just crash like we're gonna keep going i gotta get places it's like uh what just happened it's in- yeah. it's incredible yeah. to see that it's kind of mind-boggling yeah it is it is especially the climate we're used to here you know and it's uh when you go out there and and you know i have a ton of respect for people that live out there through the winter oh, yeah. it's just it's a it's a different kind of cold out there mm-hmm. my god yeah but they live and work in it and it's like nothing yeah. yeah yeah that's one of the things i know we were talking about how you know, some places have like tornadoes and some places have earthquakes and then they've got the snow. I guess everyone, anywhere you live, like you've got to pick the demons that you're living with. You know what I mean? Exactly. Would you rather have snow or would you rather have a tornado blow through <laughs> your town once every few years? You know what I mean? Yeah, I almost yeah. picked the snow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you want to think about that kind of thing. Yeah, sure. right. Unless you can bounce around the country and 
you know, you just have a stack of money with homes everywhere, and you can just you can always be in, in search of the sunshine. Or mm-hmm. something, you know, so yeah. Did you always want to live here in Eureka? No, no. Um, I never thought I would come back. I mean, I was living in you know Southern California for a while and um, going to school down there, and um, yeah, I had no intentions of coming back. It uh, just one of those things that evolved, and um, you know, I had an opportunity to take over, you know. The, family business and um did that for a bit and then got back out of it and did construction and then um came back to it and um and then met your mom of course and yeah and, you know all the rest is history but um it is a great a great area to, to raise kids and it's pretty pretty laid back climate is phenomenal you know it's never too hot never too cold um but but we can go places that are you know get as warm as you want it to be within an hour or so yeah you could drive inland and then you're in 80 degree weather exactly so uh and living on the coast i i I am definitely uh attracted to the ocean you know so i think i'll always live near an ocean you know Mm -hmm. it's just uh there's there's something about it that i'm drawn to you know yeah so um i'll always do that but um I don't know if, you know, long-term we'll end up staying here, but um, we'd love to travel a little bit more, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. It's good to change it up a little bit. Yeah, I think that's all part of life, right? You get a little yeah. too comfortable, and then you get complacent, and then you got to switch yeah. it up, you know? Switch it up. Keep switch your, it up. Keep your body guessing in a way. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, keep seeing new stuff, keep growing, you know? Mm-hmm. All those experiences, I think, are important. Yeah. Why did... Lito and Lita, your parents, why did they choose Eureka? Why did they come here? Well, the the story as it was told to me was um, they came to visit um, an, uh, an uncle and aunt that my dad had lived, that lived here in Eureka that were originally from Mexico. Okay. So their plan was to come here, visit with them for a while, and then they were going to go visit other relatives in L.A. When they got here... Um, they just just enjoyed it you know they had a great time they traveled around the community a little bit and within um it was just it was kind of crazy my my uncle at the time worked uh, for the railroad okay and uh and so my dad showed up and um within about 4 days my uncle said hey you want to you know make a little extra money while you're here you know we need some help out here at the railroad and um and it went from there Wow. So after arriving here, you know, within a week, um, my dad had a job with the railroad. Um, within, um, within a year, they bought their first house. Within, um, I want to say within the, within the next, uh, it might have been between five and ten years, they became U.S. citizens. And, um, and... Uh, you know he came from a you know really strong work ethic you know and and had no qualms about doing you know anything so yeah um, and here you know at the time you know the the railroad was pretty strong you know of course the timber industry was was huge you know there were mills all over the place you know so it employed a lot of people it was easy to get you know if you worked you know hard you could get a job anywhere you know Mm -hmm. And, and those jobs were um were you know were great jobs back yeah. then. So, I wish I. I mean, I never really got to talk to Lito on like a deep level mm-hmm. and get a like experience his life and stuff. But from the stories I've heard, I mean, he was absolutely the hardest working person ever. I mean, next to you, you are incredibly hardworking too. And 
I'd assume you got that from him. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. When he was, um, you know, he lived in Mexico in the time when um, there was, you know, the revolution going on. And and uh, so his family was pretty well off at the time. And and um, but there were there were a lot of kidnappings going on down there where, um, you know, people were being, you know, wealthy families were being kidnapped for either the child or the parent or something to be kidnapped for, you know, ransom, essentially. And, uh, and the revolution's kind of going on, so there was a lot of uncertainty. There was a lot of, a lot of people being killed um, for their money and, and possessions and things like that. So um, they, they ended up moving um, from a small town uh, where they were pretty well off um, to a larger city, to Guadalajara, because, because of just that. You know, they left in the middle of the night because they were looking to, uh, you know, kill or kidnap my grandfather so oh wow they slipped away and um and then they had to start all over so um my dad at 13 um he had five sisters so um at 13 he had to um basically get a job he was the only boy my dad my grandfather went back to mexico to try to you know salvage what he could uh or not back to mexico but back to that town you know to, mm-hmm. in mexico and to try to salvage what he could. And so dad was forced to work. And so from the time he was 13, he worked. Yeah. Yeah. So he never finished, uh, never finished high school um, and uh, worked ever since, you know. It's incredible because most people, I mean, just having to work from a young age, I feel like that's lost on a lot of people now. But he built, I mean, most people, if you have something and you lose it, like, they're crippled by that. Most people don't have the strength to get up from that because it's hard, you know? Right, right. And Lito did that once to get to Guadalajara, and then he came here and built, you know, a pretty good life for himself and kind of pursued the American dream to a lot of extents, you know? Yeah. Was that his intention when he was visiting around the U.S.? Did he think that he would come and live here, or was he just visiting? No, he was visiting. There were, you know, at the time they were kind of in search. Uh, he was recently married, of course, and then he. They were kind of in search, you know. At that time, there was still a lot of unrest in Mexico, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of corruption, you know. And um, he didn't. He didn't really like that, you know. He had businesses in Mexico, you know. He started a paint business, and um, there was always something going on. Somebody always you'd have to pay somebody off or something, and and. Uh, the lifestyle just wasn't uh, conducive to what he what he liked. You yeah. Know? So when he came here and, and noticed how everything was, and it seemed like a more honest and and uh, hardworking society, I, I think uh, that kind of attracted him to that. Yeah. And um, and he so he stayed. Yeah, stayed, never looked back. I, I don't I don't recall him ever regretting having moved here. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Because yeah. didn't he build up? They built up a like a life in Guadalajara. I mean, it had been oh, a few yeah. years before they moved here, right? Yeah, yeah. They had a they had a, a ranch. Um, you know, they were starting. They were you know they were young and st- you know struggling and starting out. And yeah. They had a little small ranch, and um, he also started um, a paint business where um, they were actually manufacturing paints. You know, uh, for commercial and residential. You know, and um, that was going well for him. Um, but it just. Um, it just didn't seem right, you know, that, yeah. that climate, you know, and, and uh, 
and just the corruption, you know, really. Has that gotten better? Have you noticed in your lifetime? Uh, no. Not at all? No, I, I don't think it's gotten much better. When I traveled around there, you know, they're, like anything else, you know, they're, it's, not, uh, it's not completely, you know, corrupt like everybody you come across is corrupt and all of this kind of stuff. Yeah, it's I not mean, black and white. No, no. no. But um, there, are, uh, there are pockets, you know, um, of corruption, you know, in government and things like that. And, and sometimes it's, uh, it's about getting that government job, not just because of, you know, it's a, it's a good paying job. Most of them are not, but it's the amount of money you can Get on skim side. off of, of Joe Public, you know. So, um, so, yeah, I think that still exists, unfortunately. And, and then, of course, now with, with the drug activity going on, um, I think it's just exacerbated it, you know. Um, you know, there's some areas down there that I wouldn't recommend traveling. Yeah. <laughs> Not necessarily because they're going to, you know, it, it's threatening for, you know, a U.S. citizen to be there. Mm -hmm. But the violence that's going on and getting the, the chance of you getting caught in the crossfire are, are greater, you know. So yeah. a, lot, a lot of those border towns, you know, you want to be cautious, you know they're moving drugs back and forth you know and you know you can't really uh blame them too much they're struggling trying to make a living and uh we seem to want the want the drugs here so yeah <laughs> you know if there's no if there's no demand for them they they wouldn't be doing it so um one of the arguments people like to make is if you just legalized all drugs let everyone do crack or whatever they want to do that that's going to cut that out from mexico do you think that happened um i don't know I think there'd be a lot of wasted people on the streets. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, I don't be like know. Vegas twenty four seven. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, unfortunately, we have to have laws to protect ourselves from ourselves. So, yeah. Um, I think that's uh, that's one of those things. You know, I don't know if it's gonna if it'll ever. I mean, here here you go. Here, just in this community, you know, you talk about uh, the pot and the legalization of pot and where that stemmed from. Well, even just the heroin, like yeah. you can go dump your needles on any sidewalk now because yeah. they've got those disposable yeah boxes. Yeah. That's so, so what's the answer? You know, the argument is, yeah, you know, you got to provide a clean needle so we don't have uh, more hepatitis spread or, or whatever the case may be. So. You know, it's 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 a bit of a challenge trying to. To be fair, I mean, though, they let people smoke cigarettes, which are pretty bad, right? right? Like you get to make that choice, but then, I mean, not that you'd ever really want to do heroin, but like, why draw that conclusion there, right? I mean, if both of them were going to kill you, right, which they do, why do we? Is it just because cigarettes have been more accepted in our society that it's like, oh, yeah, you see somebody walking down the street smoking, it's no big deal. But it's like, that's going to kill you. I mean, you've got a limited lifespan for that. Right, right. Well, I, I'm not a not a, uh, a specialist in the, <laughs> in, the drug, in the drug industry, but I would, I would think that the effect of a cigarette on you is, is much far less than, you know, heroin. So it's like a duration thing. Yeah, right? yeah, I, I think people can function. I think the average bear can probably function really well if they have a cigarette and then get back to work, as opposed to doing heroin and then getting back to work. You yeah. know what I'm saying? In, in any given day. So I think, I think the you know, the, the fact is they both can kill you, right? Yeah. But one, um, 
one, you know, you may have a little harder time functioning under normal circumstances. <laughs> so it's like a productivity type. Yeah, thing. yeah, I would think. You yeah, know, I get which that. Which is which is kind of the same thing with pot. You know, mm -hmm. I, I think it depends on the person, but um, I don't know if you want, you know, somebody stoned, you know, running, you know, some pretty intricate machinery or some heavy equipment or yeah, something. Yeah, or driving down the road. Yeah, their judgment may be may be impaired a little bit. So, um, but that's yeah. kind of like. Alcohol, you know, you Just don't want somebody like, absolutely. plastered driving down the road at 3.30 when you're picking up your kids. Cause That's why we kind of frown on people drinking on the job. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> because we don't want to, you know, it affects the safety of, of everybody else that's working, you know, within the, you know. Yeah. Have you ever had an employee come to work for you drunk? Um, I've actually had an employee um, on lunch um, pop a bear. No shit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Wow, and that takes I, some balls. In yeah. front of your boss to be able to do that? Well, it wasn't directly in front of me. They were kind of in the in the little break room, and and I just heard the the popping of a you know a soda can. Or, yeah. And I don't know if the sound is different. Maybe I'm more in tune with a beer you can just popping. Noticed. Yeah. And I'm going, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> is it is it five o'clock or? <laughs> I just heard that the sound of the of the pop. You know, the can being you know opened yeah and, uh, i walked over there just kind of calmly to see what was see what was uh being talked about and what was what was being consumed and sure enough he's drinking a bud uh and i'm going whoa what's going on oh i just having lunch with a beer like nothing <laughs> no we don't do that wow <laughs> yeah yeah so That's people have different attitudes you know mm -hmm. and um you know, and I'm sure, you know, if if you drink on the daily or whatever or, or within reason, mm -hmm. having a beer for lunch isn't 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 going to affect you, you know, yeah. to the extent, you know, that, that's going to affect your job too much. But, you know, you got to, you know. You can't do well, that. Yeah. I, I, I mean, <laughs> come on. And, part, and I can't pay people to sit around and drink. Uh, especially if I'm not drinking. So. Yeah, right? <laughs> Take that personally. Yeah, so. come on. <laughs> no. Wow. Um, there's a time and place for everything. Mm -hmm. now, so. Yeah, you kind of got to keep that away yeah. from work. Yeah. So. be a good job, though, if you could crack a cold one with each lunch. Come on. It would be, but I, I would think product, you know, productivity oh, yeah. would, would diminish. Yeah. You're not going to get any great returns <laughs> yeah, on that business. Yeah, exactly. So. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't. I mean,. Speaking of which, actually, have you noticed, I mean, obviously the corona thing plays yeah. an impact in every business. Have you noticed a hit from that? We haven't noticed a hit because I think we're just so diverse, you know, in what we do. Um, but I have I have noticed, uh, you know, um, people that are just really cautious, you know, which I don't blame them, you know. But I think that, that consumer confidence is going to be it's going to take a while to come back, you know, and I think that's going to be the biggest problem, you know, is uh, building that, that, you know, that confidence in the consumer. You know? Yeah. And what, and that, I think that crosses the board, you know, I talked to friends that are in real estate and, and that kind of thing. And they're, they're, they're noticing the same thing, you know, um, you can kind of create a pseudo safe environment, you know, um, but people are, people are, you know, are scared by all this, you know, and a lot of it's valid. Uh, a lot of it is, you know, media hype, of course, you know, um, and, you know, it, it's easy to scare a, a, a group of people when you start seeing what, you know, when you start watching the news yeah. during length of time, you know, granted, it's not as severe here as it is in other areas, especially like New York, you mm -hmm. know, 
but I think the fear is across the board, you know, and, um, and I think, you know, coming across people like that and, and the average consumer is affected by that. And I don't think that happens. I don't think that's going to change overnight. Oh no. You know, you're not going to, the economy isn't going to go gangbusters in two months just because now what, you know, we can go outside, Mm. you know? So that it's going to, it's going to be a bit to get that, uh, that consumer confidence back. What do you think this looks like in relation to like the 2008 crash? Well, well, I, I think, uh, I think it's, it's, I think it's, uh, it's, it's different in the sense that we have kind of a, um, 2008, you know, we could, we could pinpoint problems in the economy what was going on and that kind of thing where this is kind of a hidden a hidden enemy so to speak you know so um so it's different in that sense you know and um so it's not like something like like if you you can't point it out and be like you can't point it out so like let's say all of a sudden there is somebody you know years ago there were poisoning what was it aspirin or tylenol or something like that right you don't remember this. They were what? <laughs> yeah, they were um, poisoning. Like, yeah, Admiral it was. It was. Uh, it was like a, the capsule of Tylenol. I want to say it was Tylenol. I might be incorrect in this, but it was Tylenol or something. They were putting uh, poison in it. I want to say uh, I can't remember what poison they were using. Um, memories slipping here, but um, so. People were dying. So people were, you know, you go to your medicine cabinet, pop a couple of aspirin or Tylenol, and they were dying. Did they know that what they were putting in it was... It took a bit It took a bit to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So people were dying, you know, unexplainably. And um, it was cyanide, I believe. Anyway. Did they know that that was going to kill people? Or did they think, oh, this is just some filler we can throw in it? No. Somebody was going around and they would take... Uh, uh, they would take uh, like Tylenol off the shelf, and at the oh, time, it wasn't the company; it was no, an individual doing no. that. Yeah, oh. they take Tylenol off the shelf, and at the time they didn't oh, have shit. they didn't have. That's what brought about the way they seal the caps on on medicine. Now you know oh, yeah, it's yeah. got that foil that's melted on, you know. And so when you pop it open, if that thing was open, you wouldn't use it. Yeah, you wouldn't use it. Well, at, back then they didn't have that. You could open up a bottle of Tylenol. You could essentially go to the store, get the box of Tylenol, open the open the box up, pull the bottle out, take the cap off, take and you'd have access to wow. access to the Tylenol, cap it all back up, put it back on the shelf, and nobody would know the difference because the seals are all, you know, there weren't any, you know, seals that Holy had shit. to be broken. And so so that that's what it was. So we it took a bit, but it, then it was identified. And, uh, of course, people stopped taking Tylenol. So issues like that, when we can identify where the problem is, you know, the, I think from an economic standpoint, it's easy to recover. You know, everybody yeah. says, oh, God, don't buy Tylenol. The company decides we're going to change our packaging, obviously, right? So that's what, that's what transpired is that's why you see the packaging different. As a matter of fact, for a time there, I think it was the time release release capsule. So you know those time release capsules that you can pop open and pull the. Oh yeah, out? yeah. Well, they were somebody was opening up those time release capsules, putting the cyanide oh, yeah. or whatever uh, poison was. I, I believe it was cyanide. Recapping it, putting it on the shelf. People were buying it, 
Jesus. And it was random, you know, where this was happening. And so, um, and how would you ever know? How would like, you ever who would know? think to check the Tylenol and be like, yeah, holy shit. Yeah. Did they yeah. ever, so obviously they caught the guy. Uh, I want to say they did. God, that was decades ago. So I was pretty young then, but, um, yeah, I don't know if they caught the guy or, but for sure it changed the industry. Yeah. You know, and, uh, for the better. Unfortunately, people died over it, but, um, but you know, uh, Tylenol sells, of course, went to the toilet, but yeah. they were able to recover, um, just simply by packaging. And I want to say they stopped making the capsules for a while, you know, went to like whatever, you know, other forum, you know, they have, um, yeah. So you think that change similar, like how they put that little piece of plastic or whatever over the bottle you think something similar is going to be implemented now because of the virus no 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 oh. I, I, i'm just saying from from the economic standpoint you know it's mm. easier to see okay you know yeah that affected the economy or that particular industry oh specifically. to pinpoint it and then make a change it's you're able to recover from it much rapidly uh than if than if it's something unknown yeah. and uncertain and obviously if we don't have a uh you know any kind of solid you know information on how to combat you know the covid um what do you do what do you do and have you heard that like the world health organization has been kind of helping china do you know if that's true have you heard that at all well helping in what sense i mean in the sense that like they were maybe not necessarily covering up some of the information but like playing along with the reports and stuff that china was putting out kind of like backing them a little bit uh, yeah, I, I don't know about that. I, mm. I know they're supposedly they're an independent agency, yeah. you know, but um, can they be, you know, influenced to a certain extent? Yeah, you know, and, and China has a little bit more control over the press than, than we do here, Absolutely. you know, so they're able to manipulate the numbers more. And you can't sneeze without the government knowing. Yeah, China. yeah. So I don't think we'll ever get, um, you know, the accurate numbers that you know, we're striving for out of there. And, uh, uh, is it that important that we do because it's affected the world mm -hmm. and based on the data that we can compile from the rest of the world, we can have a pretty good idea of where, you know, where it's, what it looks from. like, yeah, what it looks like. So, um, yeah, it's unfortunate that they're not, uh, participating more in the, in trying to, uh, you know, solve the issues. Mm -hmm. I mean, I hear now that they're, that they're really trying to, um, you know, hack into uh, a lot of the medical, uh, <coughs> you know, research that's being done right now. That China's got a, they're just hammering a lot of these institutions now that are doing the research. To, oh, they're trying to pull information. They're trying to pull the information because obviously the Jeez. big winner is going to be who comes up with a, a vaccine. Yeah. Um, uh, that's, you that's need it. some serious change right, for that. Yeah, right now that's that's the uh, gold mine right now. So whoever can get it first, and uh, yeah, so China China recognizes that. So you know they're doing what they can with with uh, <laughs> with whatever means possible yeah. to to get a edge up. Yeah, and China's not afraid to. I know that they, you know, steal a lot of copyrighted stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, so who knows what they're doing and, below and the surface. And, and we're suckers in this country because we want the latest and greatest for the least amount. So we're the, we're Where the do you get that from? We're the, perfect, China. we're the perfect consumer. 
Yeah. So, uh, which is kind of ironic the 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 relationship we have with China because we're, you know, we're uh, we're buying all these products from them, but yet we're sanction giving them sanctions for other stuff. It almost seems, uh, yeah, Crazy. counterproductive. Yeah. You know, it just it it's odd. You know, but well, and we're so self righteous to some extent. We'd never have child labor here, you right. know, but we're totally okay right. with you know right. China. Doing it on the yeah. down low. Go down to the San Joaquin Valley and see all the immigrants picking our uh, vegetables and fruit. Right. <laughs> you don't have a problem with that. But yeah. when you think about it, they're like, no, that that's not okay. Yeah. But then you want that new iPhone every year. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. So, um, yeah, where the where the answer is, I, I don't know. You know, trying Yeah. To, how do you uh, solve that? Yeah. Well, and it's kind of crazy to think that in 2020, right? We've got so much access to information. I mean, it's at your fingertips constantly. It's online. Anything you want to know about, it might not always be true. You can find differing opinions and stuff. But then you go to like North Korea or you go to China and you've got extremely limited access. And that's happening today. Like, right? I mean, doesn't that blow your mind when you think about it a little bit? It's hard to imagine, huh? Yeah. It's hard to imagine. And how, uh, how they're fed information. And that's that's frightening at times, you know, how people can be brainwashed like that, you know, and led to believe, you know, essentially anything. Stuff. Yeah, anything essentially, and uh, and it could be completely wrong. Yeah. That, well, tying uh, into that, I mean, the, we kind of get that to some extent with sensational journalism. I know we kind of talked about that a little bit yeah. outside of the podcast, but I, I think with I think we are more than ever now. Um, if you're not careful, if you're if you're not checking your sources where you're getting your information you know um i think yeah i mean and that goes touches back to what we were talking about social media if you're getting all your information off of social media and as you know all the tracking that's being done and all the information that's getting gathered and how they can target advertising just specifically for what you've shown an interest in and um i don't think people though the vast majority of people realize how easily and you know, they are being manipulated. Do you think the day (coughs) of being able to just watch the nightly news and just have that be your sole stream of information, do you think those days are gone if you want to maintain like an unbiased view? Yeah, I think so. I think, um, I think we have to be a little bit more proactive, you know, and, and, um, not only watch, you know, CNN or, or some of these other broadcasts, you know, and, you know, Fox sways one way, CNN sways the other and, Um, but I think, especially now with the internet, you know, there are positives there where you can actually get, uh, watch a news broadcast from a different country, which gives you an entirely different perspective. I think that should be part of the whole, uh, the whole journey in this, you know, in the search for knowledge of what's truly happening in the world is to gather your information and your, and the news information that you read and watch from places outside of this country as well, because, you know, as you know, if you've ever done that, there's a completely different perspective uh, when that news is coming from Europe, you know, yeah. or, you know, wherever it might be, uh, South America or wherever that might be, you're going to get a different perspective about how how they're viewing us and, and things that we're doing that are affecting them that you never hear about here. Absolutely. So um, I think, you know, if a person really wants to be proactive and really wants to get a good feel for what's what's truly happening, 
is to diversify the information you get and where you get it from. Yeah, but then the problem is how many people actually want to take the time to do that. Exactly. You know what I mean? Everybody's <clears throat> lazy. We it's all easy wanna... just to just to watch the latest pop up on your phone and see what's going on. Yep. <laughs> That's the problem is it's too easy. Yeah. Get that Facebook notification. Oh, such and such is happening and you're like, oh shit. And then you, the problem is, is you take that and run. I've done that. I, you know, you hear a story and then you go and you tell like 10 people and then you tell the 11th person and they're like, oh, that didn't happen. And you're like, ah, shit. <laughs> I just told 10 other people that, you know, this is all going down and they're like, no, that was a, that's fake. Like, and then what do you do? You don't reach back out to those 10 people and be like, hey, sorry, this is all fake. Just ignore what I said. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what do you do? Too many people running around with misinformation. You know? Yeah. That can lead to some crazy decisions. Yeah. Yeah. If ev- everybody has different information, then how do you ever find the truth? Yeah. Well, I think that's the biggest problem. Yeah. Because you can't have like a a localized source of information where everyone can go to and you know, if I go to gng.net, that's the news. And that's unbiased. That's just a global opinion of what is happening. And you can look at that and be like, okay, like yeah. this, is, this is what it is. Yeah, we don't have that. We don't. We don't. And I and and I think that's uh, I think it's important to recognize and and make make attempts to get your your information from other sources. You know, not just yeah. one. And today, oh, I know what I wanted to say. There was a back to the social media thing. Today is almost the worst time ever to be a hunter, right? Because you right. post one picture of yourself with a deer, and you can kiss it all goodbye. It's all over, Johnny. Right? I mean, isn't that? <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of yeah. crazy. Like yeah. something that's been going on for so long. I mean, we could trace our roots back to when we started hunting. Yeah, and then now, and it's, now it's yeah, yeah. Especially if you're a big game hunter, you know. And, yeah, um, then it gets real dicey. Yeah, you can, uh, you know, you can lose your job. You can, uh, yeah. I, I there was somebody, some executive that was just hired and fired because of that. Um, Oh yeah, you were talking about that. Yeah, he went to yeah, some. Yeah, he was a big game hunter, and uh, I think went to Africa or something. Maybe shot a, a lion or a gazelle or something. Had to have something with some impact, probably a lion or something. You know? Yeah, it was. It was a. You know, it was a licensed hunt. You know, um, but boy, it sure had some backlash because I want to say this industry um, was, you know, all about pro environment or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think he was hired and fired within a week. So Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think it's the act of, because I, I wondered this, if it's more the act of posting it, you know, because normally when you're posting a picture with, you know, the deer or whatever, you're kind of smiling because put in a lot of work to get there, presumably. Maybe right. not so much with like a big game hunt, but do you think that that's why people get so pissed is because it's kind of taking pride in, you know, the act of killing something? No, I, I think it. <laughs> You know, pe- people have their own opinions, you know, and what uh, what you and I do might be differently, you know, than somebody else. And that, and they think it's, you know, you know, I suppose if I suppose if you're, you know, a vegetarian, then everybody that eats meat is, you know, a heathen of some sort, you know. Yeah. So um, and then, of course, it's it's just because as we're talking about, you know, the exposure and the lack of privacy and the. And our willingness to, to put our personal lives out there that we're, we're subjecting ourselves to that, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, it was before that you'd, you know, somebody went on a big game hunting, you know, yeah, you'd go to their house to see the mount, you know, and it was just the group of people that knew you that would come over to your house. Yeah, you're see, not inviting strangers. This, right, you're not inviting strangers. But now you take a couple of photos of you with with all these 
you know, big game mounts you've got behind you and you, <laughs> it goes worldwide. Mm-hmm. So you've got to expect some, some pushback. Not, yeah. not everybody agrees with, with what you're doing, you know, and nor will they ever, you know what I mean? It's, we all have diverse interests and, and diverse reasons why we're doing it. And of course we all feel we're right. Yeah. And so, um, <clears throat> but, but it's just that, you know, it's having all that exposure and the consequences of that, having all that out there. I wonder if people tried it and went out and like experienced all the work that goes into it and how long you're out there in the grind and then, you know, the joy that you experience. I wonder if people would change their perception of a little bit. You know what I mean? Because it's easy to say, oh, I mean, it's easy to make comments on something that you don't have any experience with. You know what I mean? Right. But I've never talked to like somebody who actively hunts and is like, yeah, this is wrong. You know what I mean? Obviously, they've, they're biased because they do it, but I wonder if it would change perspective if you did it. Well, I, and, and, you know, I think people also change, too, because I've talked to people who were were hunters, you know, mm-hmm. uh, maybe not necessarily, you know, the larger big game hunters, but maybe deer hunters that have let it go for different reasons, you know, kind of their perspective changed. Um, a lot of people that would do... Uh, you know, guided hunts, guided hunts. Now, uh, I think, you know, used to kind of attract me. They don't so much anymore because it's, you know, you load up in the rig, they take you where the, where the animal's the at, joy out of it. They point out where the animal's at. And then you're, you're, you're far off around on a high powered rifle. Where's the sport in that? You know? Yeah. And I, and I enjoy hunting. So yeah, there you have it. You know, there's that, <clears throat> there's that extreme, you know, I, so, um, so, you know, I even in the in the same sport that you know I enjoy doing, uh, if you can call it a sport, um, I have various opinions on. You know, so um, yeah, I think I might be a little biased too in the sense that when we would go hunting, like I've only ever experienced going out on public land, and you got to bust your ass. You're walking, you know, yeah, like eight, twelve miles a day walking trying to find deer. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. that's all I've ever experienced and. In my mind, that's probably the most humane way to get meat, you know what I mean, is yeah. going out there and hunting for it. Right. Otherwise, right. you're buying it from a grocery store where they're all crammed into little crates and... Right? Right. Right. But exactly. I don't know. I don't... I mean, obviously, not a lot of people do it to begin with. I, I think the hunting community is pretty small to start off. Yeah, and I, I think it's it's, you know... I think it's changed a lot. I think that, well, I think the deer population has dropped a lot. But oh, yeah. Yeah. So I think there are less and less hunters than there were before. But, mm-hmm. um, they, you know, there's still, you know, traditional families that, that have grown up hunting. And, and, you know, it's a big part of what they do, you know. So, you know, and I understand that. Yeah, and location-wise, too. It's, if you're it's, in Alaska, I mean. It's not for everybody, you know. Yeah. Um, Nothing really is, right? It, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but I don't know, it's, it's hard to just pass judgment over that when, um, you know, if, if they're not trophy hunting, you know, essentially just shooting it for the, for the, you know, the horns, you know, Mm -hmm. so to speak, you know, you, um, they're also eating meat and that kind of thing, so. Yeah, and I've heard the argument for, I don't really know how I feel about trophy hunting yet, um, but I've heard arguments that like that kind of supports the preservation of a lot of these animals is letting certain hunts occur during certain times 
because you obviously have to thin the population regardless if they're close to communities and stuff. And by doing that, you actually pay for preservation. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, that almost makes it seem like a good thing because. Yeah, there is that there is that uh, that argument, you know, because uh, some of these hunts, you know, are, you know, some of these African hunts, you they you could spend some pretty big bucks doing it. Yeah. And that is the argument, you know, that that those proceeds are, uh, you know, are used to, to preserve you know, the existing wildlife. Um, and there might be something to that, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that there isn't, but, um, but you know, uh, you know, I get it. Yeah. How did you start hunting? Um, did you and Lito go out? No, no. Uh, with, uh, with friends, you know, that were hunters, you know, Mm -hmm. and then, uh, Paul, you know, our brother-in-law, Oh yeah, he's a big hunter. Yeah, he's a pretty avid hunter. Uh, we would go out of state and hunt in Utah and stuff like that. So, yeah, it uh, the experience was fun. Like like when you and I would go hunting. Yeah, I enjoyed just getting out there and yeah, just being in the outdoors, being in the outdoors, walking around and talking with you. It's fun trekking around in the woods, you know. And, yeah, um, that that whole experience, just like fishing, you know. Sometimes it's not about catching the fish; it's just about the experience of being out there and enjoying time with somebody you know you like and. And, uh, yeah, that's an interesting point. Nobody ever gets pissed that you're out fishing, right? You could post a picture of you with a bass and nobody's Pete is not gunning down for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. That, that is interesting. And I don't know what, what that stems from, you know, um, I think it's the emotional right. attachment, right? Cause you see a line and you're like, Oh man, it's majestic. It's, it's creation. It's so cool. And then you see a fish and it's just like, yeah, well, you know, you can have a pet fish. You can't really have a pet lion. <laughs> I mean, I, you might in Texas. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, But it's almost like your emotional connection to an animal. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I didn't think of that, but you're right. I, I don't think I can't think of anybody get, getting all pissed off about uh, catching a fish. Right. Even sport fishing, you can go out <laughs> and catch whatever. I mean, a marlin. Yeah. What about that big nine foot, you know, blue marlin you <laughs> caught? Yeah. In, in Cabo. So. Um, well, I don't know. I never posted a picture of that on Instagram, so who maybe, knows maybe you had to run a test. Yeah, post a picture of that and, and see, see how what many kind people of get pushback you get. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, stuff like that. Like nobody, you don't really think about it. You don't really bat an eye about that. Yeah, yeah. But big game hunts in Africa, you get some pushback. Yeah, like you can lose your job for that. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, and I'm, you know, and people threaten your lives. And, and That's the, the craziest thing yeah. is people. You don't even know, not even just in the sense of hunting, but for anything. Like, if you put something out there, there are, you know, chances are people are going to come at you and want to kill you. Like, you hear stories all the time about people putting something out there and then they get death threats. Yeah. And it's like, how do you, you don't even know this person and you're threatening to kill them? Like, and I get a lot of it is just them blowing smoke out of their ass, but like. So I'm going to have to ask you to, to, when you edit this thing, let me see it, because I surely don't want any death <laughs> No, this thing's <laughs> going out just how it is. If I'm going down, you're coming down with me. We're a team. <laughs> any of the topics we touched yeah, on. Yeah, I know? mean, yeah. Because you never know. I mean, you might rub somebody the wrong way, you know. So. Well, you could, like you said earlier, you can say anything, and odds are there's going to be a few people out there that just take it and run the opposite direction. Yeah. yeah. I mean, take it out of context yeah, what do you, or whatever. What do you do? Yeah. You're just not going to talk. I think that's another problem is – a lot of the times you can't have these difficult conversations because 
you say something, somebody gets offended, and that ends the conversation. Like, right. you can't work through a topic anymore. Right, right. You, you know have to I mean? be a little bit more guarded because you surely don't want to offend anybody. Yeah. yeah. It's like you can only have topics with close friends, and odds are most of the time you're probably going to have similar views. Or, you know what I mean? Like, you can't just go up and talk to somebody and be like, oh, what do you think about abortion? What do you think about gun laws? Like, that that can ruin friendships if you talk yeah. about that. Yeah, absolutely. Abs- or political, you know, for yeah, sure. He, that's yeah. what they say. You don't talk about politics and religion at the dinner table, right? Right, right, right. Start some heated arguments. Yeah, people get pissed. <laughs> I think I've heard ar- I've heard people say that it's because everyone gets so attached to their ideas. Yeah. You know, I think something, I'm right, I know I'm right, and you're trying to tell me something that I know is wrong, so I don't want to listen to it. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, we how do you s- grow if you if you live your life like that? You got to be open. For real. All right. Well, I think we just did. We just did some serious time on the podcast. What time do we do? I think we did about. I think we're close to two hours. Oh wow. I hate to I hate to cut it off, but I got a flight. No, I know. I've been I've been trying to be cognizant of the time. Oh, we did an hour and sixteen, which is pretty damn good. That's cool. All right. I'm good with that. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast. Dave. Thank you, I had sir. A really, man. I had a what really a good time. Yeah. yeah, this is cool. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed doing it. I'm excited for you to cool. come back on. Yeah, All absolutely. Right. Cool. All right. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, bud.